listening to the Over a Drink podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men talking about normal things, putting purpose to pain, turning men into soldiers, and weaponizing testimonies. I'm Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. All right, the Over a Drink podcast. We are on an episode that is probably in the 20s somewhere, if I'm being honest. I... I don't know what one we are on, uh, but this is episode one post-baby, and it has felt like an eternity since I have sat down here with a friend and just chopped it up, and here we are, uh, almost five weeks postpartum. We are sleeping, except for, actually, this morning we're not. We didn't sleep a whole lot, uh, but... I have a super cool, fun uh, guest on, and we've been literally all over the world together, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is crazy because um, you get thrown into a group of people, and then they're like, hey, go to Rome. And you're like, cool, okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I have my friend Isaac on here. Uh, Isaac is a good buddy of mine now. For We we volunteered at youth together originally right yeah uh, was that like four years ago four years ago yeah. we have a funny story because both of our current wives uh basically told us to leave them alone for a yeah. season of their lives and that lined up together with and we went to 24-hour fitness and just complained to each other about how awful our yeah. future wives were. we resided in the friend zone together for a good chunk and we're like we it, it's, it's misery loves company and we we just really and here's the thing is isaac was more optimistic than me isaac uh he and i were going to a friend's grad party right we were going to a friend we were on we the light rail we were on the light rail and uh i just remember that much and i was being negative nancy and i was like you know what it's fine, whatever. We're not gonna. It's this is not gonna work. Jess isn't gonna end up with me, and we're gonna. We're both gonna get over our our girls, and we're gonna be fine. And he goes, or we're gonna marry both of them, and then Look less than happened. eighteen months later, we were both. Uh, I was you. You were a little bit longer. Yeah, we did a little slow longer, game. Yeah, <laughs> slow or but, just like the average game. Yeah. See, I remember it differently though. I remember you saying that. So maybe God just said something. We both heard it and we're like, "Cool." I mean, the light rail, the light rail light conductor rail. was an angel. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> for the PA, or you guys get married. Just tired of hearing us complain. That's funny. No, yeah, Isaac is super cool. He, uh, we interned together. Uh, one of the yeah. smartest people that I know. Uh, truly, wow. he is uh, an engineer. Uh, he has his degree in engineering. Yeah. I have, um, I- couple of pieces of paper that say I'm smart. Yeah. That I paid for. So you pay, technically, how, how you kind of feel I mean, that it's out? still smart that you paid for it. I, mean, I, I guess. Maybe that's argue, maybe, you I could argue know. about that. Uh, uh, yeah. That's a debate. Go to trade school. Uh, Agreed. College <laughs> is not current educational platform. Different topic. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Not a fan of college education costs right now. Oh, and, and the repercussions of. Uh, yeah. Debt is not a good thing. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Okay. Uh, so... A thing that I've been doing on here, Isaac, is, and it's one of my favorite things, is I'm going to give you 45 seconds of an elevator pitch. Gosh. I didn't prep you for this at all, and I know that you're mad at me now. So you have uh, 45 seconds these. to uh, describe yourself. The person that's getting on the elevator has never met you before, uh, and they will probably never see you again, but they're going to walk away with a complete understanding of you after 45 seconds. Ready, go. Oh, man, I hate these. I had to do these in college, and I sucked at them. Um those of you that don't know me, I, I'm Isaac Mitch gave a pretty good introduction. Um, uh, I do a lot of different things. Um, I've noticed in my life, I like I have a lot of different like passions and areas that I kind of fall within. Um, yeah, I have a degree in engineering, so I'm like minded like that um, on the left side. But I do a lot of creative things as well. I like to write. I like to. Um, I did stand up comedy for a while, which people found out after a while of me roasting people. Um, <laughs> it's a gifting that I have. Good or bad. Um, yeah, and then I just, like, I'm servant-hearted by nature. Something I've come to, like, learn about myself is that the natural love language I give is serving people, hmm. um, which is good at times. And then yeah. sometimes my wife's just like, I need you to leave me alone. <laughs> but overall, yeah, I mean, I worked at uh, Red Rocks for a little bit, and now I work for myself, um, doing some production for online streaming company. But, yeah. Great. Cool. I don't know what else you need to know. Oh. How long have you been married? Um, 
One and a half years. Yeah, well, it's two year anniversaries in June, so it's one and a half right about. You're two years in June. I know we were COVID COVID couple. Do you so know what's crazy though again. is that Isaac is the only person that I know to have two weddings. Yeah, it's the best. It's the only yeah. way to do it. <laughs> he had he got married during COVID, and it was friends and family, or I guess family and like yeah. the people that stood with you, right? Yeah, we should we should preface that it's to the same woman, and it was. <laughs> it's not like I've been married multiple times in eighteen months. Yeah. If you have, that's there's no shame. No, but but he uh, he got married during COVID when there was all the restrictions, yeah. and then we threw not we he threw that I attended a big A party yeah. uh, that was just. Uh, hey, we've been married. It was a, it was on your one year, wasn't it? Was it was our one year anniversary. So it was a one year anniversary party, uh, essentially, where you guys regave your vows, which I think is super cool because, man, you give these romanticized. Before you get married, you're like, I will always rub your feet and I will love you for like more than like people are like, and even in the bad times, like I will choose to love you. Yeah. And then after a year, you're like, when you fart in bed. <laughs> I promise not to get pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we rewrote, we kept a lot of the same stuff. And a lot of mine was like talking about, I don't know, I've, I guess I've always had a real impression of like, I've seen a lot of people get married. So yeah. like I was just a vows. I'm like, yeah, but uh, like, that's great. But yeah, exactly what you said is like, that's not, you're going to fight at some point. Yeah. Like, I promise never to fight. I'm like, you're going to fight in literally 24 hours. I you will probably it. fight on your honeymoon yeah. about where you go yeah. for. Literally fought in the first week of our marriage about the dishwasher. So it's not like. What was the craziest thing that y'all have argued about? Ours is the dishwasher. Ours is uh, surprisingly the way that we hang our clothes. Jess likes them all uniform facing yeah. the same way. Um, yeah. Um, and then doing the actual dishes. Like how they're done. That's, our, that's those are our three trigger points. I've found that's a pain point for a lot of people. The more I ask married couples all the time now, especially like newer ones, is like, "What's the thing you thought about?" Dishwashers always kind of the first, but that one fades and it's like whatever. Dishes, like I have a certain way I like doing the dishes, so I, I don't really like. I like just volunteer to do them all the time because I prefer to do yeah. them my way. Yeah, it's kind of how it turns out, and how I hate doing dishes, so it kind of works out. Oh, yeah, um, we usually. Yeah, I think we've had that. We've had a laundry one because I don't fold correctly or I don't put clothes away the, in the right drawer. Because in my mind, I was like, okay, there's leggings in this one. Your leggings go in that one. But they were a different. This is workout. This is de- – it's a whole thing. And Yeah. And I grew up having four drawers, like underwear, socks, T-shirts, jeans, shorts, and I was done. I have like, a whoa. bin under my bed that is my workout bin, and it has leggings or like compression shorts, uh my workout socks, workout shoes, my like literally everything, shirts, uh, a hoodie if I need it, and it's all just thrown in there. And Jess is like, "Can you please fix your side?" And I'm like, "No, this is this is how I want it. This, yeah, is, this mine. is mine. Everything else you can have it rolled in yeah. your systems, but that's uh, funny." Also, I'm notoriously bad for not shutting drawers. Yeah. Something more recent that my wife has been frustrated with: not shutting drawers. I, it's been our whole marriage, but it's been more, more recent. It's <laughs> noticed more. I've our, noticed that it's ours more, is uh, the biggest one recently for it. us. Is uh, I I do if I love to cook, and so I have probably we were married for coming up on two or two and a half years, and uh, I've probably I would probably say that I've cooked ninety five to ninety seven percent of our meals just because I like to do it, and mm-hmm. uh, but. Jess hovers while I'm cooking and like cleans as I go. And I'm like, please, you're in, please stop. I'm like, I will clean it all. Like I'm making, I'm, cause then I'll make a mess where she just cleaned. And I'm like, I didn't clean it for a reason because I'm still cooking and there's yeah. going to be food on the counter again. Yeah. And so I, we've gotten to the point where I'm like, if I'm in the kitchen cooking, I love you. Go sit on the couch or like go like, yeah. because we're just going to end up arguing if you, you keep micromanaging my cooking process. Yeah. We run into that too, except that she cooks most of the meals. She would argue probably ninety nine percent, but I'd like to argue ninety ninety six. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, it's the same thing. Where it's like, if I hover for her, I think she thinks that I'm like, I'm like, watching and like, almost judging in some sort yeah. of way. But it's not true. I'm just like, Jenna, just trying to like, yeah, sit there, talk, hang out because I feel weird sitting on the couch. Like my heart isn't meant to like watch somebody else work. And like sit there while they're like doing something. Yeah. I feel like I need to help you now. Like I don't. Like Isn't that the worst tension of like? And I get that too. Where like yesterday we woke up 
at like 7.30 and I wanted to have a cup of coffee and go for a walk before I started work at like 9-ish. And Jess goes downstairs and starts doing laundry. And I'm like, well, then I guess I'll go do put the dishes away, the dishwasher away. Yeah. And like, I can't have you working and me sitting on the couch yeah. enjoying my coffee. And and so I was politely afterwards. I tried on our walk. I was like, can we? I love that we're doing chores. I'm like, can we just like wait a little bit? I'm like, just which is such a naggy thing. That's so little. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's funny how that stuff happens like randomly. Because I feel like yeah, that sometimes too is like, man, I just I'd probably do the same thing for her. Where I'm like. In my head, I'm like, I'm going to get something done. And she was just, like, wanting to, like, relax on the couch, and then I'm doing something. So she's like, oh, frag now. Oh, I feel fine, like i got to go clean or something. Yeah. But it's the same. It's reverse either way. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I I hate sitting there and, like, hearing the vacuum upstairs. I'm like, well, frick, I guess I better tidy up down here. <laughs> what, what, what am I? Put the Xbox down. I don't want her to come downstairs and be like, what did you do? I was like, I literally just sat here and stared out the window. But I got a 24 kill streak yeah, on Call of Duty. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, dude, I, I think it's funny that we talk on like so as we're talking i'm trying to think of like things that you and i have cuz we it's weird how you and i have had similar um experiences yeah but in diff, different lanes like even yeah, to start so. like we we had these girls that we both like pursued um relentlessly <laughs> uh yeah. like and at like until we, they became our wives. And then, um, like, the way that you pursued Hallie was, like, admirable. And, oh, uh, yeah. And then we did the internship together. And we did, like, these things. And then, like, in roundabout ways, like, actually, we both, like, were unemployed for a while during yeah. our our marriage. Um, it's a delightful feeling. It's <laughs> – and that's kind of what I want to – and that's kind of what I want to touch on just for a second because yeah. that's something that – I have really like that consumed me for nine months of our marriage yeah. or nine months of, of us dating date or engaged into marriage um, for six months of our marriage, yeah. um, seven months of our marriage. And so, um, man, that's just something that I feel like it's such a taboo or maybe taboo is the wrong word, but it's stigmatized as far as like, you're the man of the house. You, you yeah. got to provide. Yeah. And you're not. And like no one really wants to talk about it. And the thing is, is I would say a lot, maybe not a majority, but the good percentage of men, like my dad was unemployed for, and, and he would share this as part of his testimony, but like we, we lost our home because he uh, was let go during the recession and wasn't able to get another job. And yeah. we lived, um, we lived in rental homes and in little condos as or like so like it's like a common experience but no one really talks about it because it's like yeah it's something we i don't as you said i think society sees um employment especially for a man as like wrapped up in their identity yeah when you ask someone like who they are the first thing typically they say is their job or like what they do for a career right Mm -hmm. especially men women will say like i'm a mom or something like that typically yeah um and it's just how men, I think, identify. Yeah, some of it's biblical, like you're called to be a provider and a protector. But what does that look like? Right, and that's like it doesn't delineate it. It never said like you're called to be a provider by being a farmer or like anything like that. So you're supposed to provide for your family, and however that looks, it looks different for everybody. And I've I've run into that a lot because my parents and we're like a different generation, right? So my parents nurse and teacher their whole lives, same jobs, essentially same places, essentially for their entirety of their careers. Um, and they just retired, but looking at it, like for me, so like their drive for us is to have a better job than they had, but like they look at the, um, linear growth, kind of the same, like, Hey, you get a job, you work there. My brother does same job he had out of college. He's been working his whole life and he's like moving up in the company and it's upward trajectory and it looks great. And it's yeah. that, that like very set in stone path. Um, and my story is not that <laughs> at all. Um, and a lot of that is just, I think part of that's my personality. Part of that is just like um, the life God's handed me has been very unique in that sense. It's like, I've never been, um, I don't know. I talk about it a lot. It's a big part of my testimony is like self-worth and those things because 
my parents even acknowledge this of like our two son of their two kids of really our entire family. I'm the one with no luck and my brother's the one with all the luck. Hmm. So it's this weird balance. So like even when we got married during COVID and it ended up being a huge blessing because we got like a really intimate wedding and then we got the huge party, which yeah. is what we wanted. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but like even my brother and my parents were like, of course this happens. Like, like obviously I was going to have a pandemic that like shuts down the one thing that usually is uncancelable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like those sorts of things are funny, but yeah, for that prov- provision part was something I struggled with on unemployment because you feel like that's a part of your identity is like, especially because Howie and Jess were going to work. So it's like, well, frick, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm just a freaking loser. You sit at home. Yeah. The, the LinkedIn uh, easy apply is like the worst button in the world because you're yeah. like, oh, I'm way overqualified for this, but I can apply. Just tell me that I can make. But I would. I applied for literally probably. I'm not exaggerating. Fifty jobs a day, yeah. and jobs where I was so that I didn't even want to work. I just wanted somebody to tell me that they wanted, that they wanted me to work for. Them. And I was getting told no. Like jobs that were like high school, like high school diploma minimum degree yeah. requirements. They're like, sorry, you're just not the right fit. And I'm like, then what? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm dude. I I think. And it's crazy to me that you, and here's the thing, you and I are, another, uh, another similarity that you and I had, like you and I both quit very sought after, uh, jobs that I was doing orthopedic device sales at 21 years old and you were a big engineer working for a big company making very good money and you were like, I'm going (laughs) to. just uh you know do an unpaid internship for nine months yeah i'll quit that go in a completely different direction and make zero money with the potential of growing into a job where i make very little money (laughs) and but like you pursued your passions and i think yeah and and you you and you and hallie were not dating yet right you were Uh, we 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 were talking we started dating literally right before we became interns and then y'all dated and y'all got an all, an all expense paid trip through Europe. Yeah, you're but, still kind of butthurt that Jess no, was at home. Kinda. I am so freaking butthurt. <laughs> it's not. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. Oh uh, yeah, but then your sister in law and, and, and the, brother. Yeah, and I was like, the fifth wheel. Both, uh, both were on the trip like, as well. So they, you were the only one without your significant other there, yeah, really. Yeah, and Second everyone, friend. Jake and Milan are like, we're going to include so you. Come with us to everything. And then I ended up just being the glorified picture taker. Yeah, like. Yes, I'm pissed. Y'all went to Europe with your future wives. Um, yeah. Anyways, screw you guys. That was fun. Um, <laughs> Howie's mad I didn't propose to her. I had oh, the entire steps. time. The that was the time. running joke was well, when yeah, was Isaac going to propose. And I told her like several times, I'm like, I'm not going to. And then there was a whole mishap with the bag, and I was the only one that cared because I was like, I want to change clothes. And everyone else was like, whatever, it's fine. And I'm like, I want to change clothes. <laughs> but so they never thought I had a ring in the bag. I didn't have a ring in the bag. <laughs> That was one of our other arguments we had is like, because like one point I was like, babe, I'm not proposing to you. I'm just not. And she was like, and then someone got proposed to at Spanish Steps while we were walking by. And Keisha oh, was just it was like, so oh, great. God. It was so bad on the, so many levels. So the, funny looking back on it now. It's like a funny thing. And the thing is, is the sexual tension was so thick between oh. like everyone, like you guys weren't supposed to be dating. Neither were Jake and Milana. So like you guys weren't outwardly telling anybody, but then all of a sudden it's like, where is everybody? And they're like, oh, Isaac and Hallie are off at like a coffee shop or something. And like, oh, or like Jake and Milana are at the Spanish Steps. And yeah. we're like, I wonder why. Like, yeah. Ours was a little – people knew her. Did I had told Matron before we started the internship, which is a great story because of his response to me. I won't say it, but <laughs> it was a really funny response. Um, I think because he was worried about it being dramatic. Yeah. And it ended up being – ours wasn't as dramatic as Jacob Milano's, I think, at times was. Yeah. But, yeah, it was essentially everyone like that. Where everyone, like, everyone, like, knew. <laughs> so, like, I we had talked – yeah. So, yeah, we tried to make concerted effort, but obviously at the same point, too, you're like, I'm in Rome with my, like, girl I'm planning on proposing to here in the fall. So, like, I'm going to go hang out with her somewhere and just have fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. I'm just pissed at you. Uh, I agree. (laughs) But back, sorry, uh, tangent. All the way back. Rabbit (laughs) joke. All that to say, so so when you said, like, we are called to provide, and I felt that so hard. And uh, the thing is, is, like, 
I can, I literally can picture it so clearly in my head. We were, we were at intern time at Littleton campus and I was, uh, pacing the hall. We were, we were doing worship and prayer and I was pacing out in the hallway and I had, um, I was, I don't know if I had already been told no, or if it was like leading up to, I had a pretty good feeling. Like I was told that I was, I had a job halfway through the internship. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and then you leading up, crazy story with some of that stuff. yeah. And like leading up to it, I was like, um, leading up to it, I was like, I don't, I told Jess, I was like, I'm going to be told no. Like for two weeks, I was like, I, the way that like scripture, like I was, was like landing on me. I was yeah, like, feeling, it was like yeah. preparing me for, yeah. and so I'm sitting out like pacing the hall. I'm like, God, I'm supposed to provide for my wife and I'm supposed to do this. And like, like, how am I supposed to provide for her if I don't have a job? Yeah. And he basically, I was like, how am I supposed to like provide money for my family? Yeah. And I literally almost, I've never heard the voice of God vocal, like audibly, but this had to have been close where it's like, you're not going to, I am. Yeah. And in that moment I was like, how? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, and like my job then was to like, then what? Like provide as like a spiritual leader, provide as yeah. an emotional leader, like to be a shoulder for Jess, to be a like a, a stepping, like a, not a stepping stone, but like someone who like walks with. And dude, the stories of like during my unemployment where like we were down uh, to, we were, we never were in the green. We put up, we put in some, some debt, uh, but we weren't going to make rent one week, one month. And I got a check in the mail from the NCAA because I was in NCAA 13, the video game, <laughs> to the dollar of what I needed to pay rent. Wait, way back when? Way back when. I, I still have that game. It's PS, what would that be? PS2 at the That's time. That's amazing. Um, back when they could use names. And they couldn't they use names. It was that was the lawsuit, it was, right? Yeah, that, it was a lawsuit. Yeah, so I, I, they, if you look, there's a, a number 88 from Parker, Colorado, who's six foot four, 245 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. Yeah. It's called uh, Mitch Carson's or something. Yeah, and yeah, it's not, exactly. yeah, it's, it's like it's just off. Bitch Carson's is yeah. what it is. <laughs> but, but yeah, I I think that's something that I learned uh, because, and I can't imagine because I at least went into my marriage knowing like, yeah. like you kind of we were married for eight months when it happened. Yeah, yeah, something like that. How was that? How, like, what was your processing? Oh man. Um, um what was your initial thought? It's tough. Um, I mean, my initial thought, some of it was like protecting, like, cause we work for the same place and then I was let go. So like, it was like, is she going to be let go? Is this like a full, like, what are we doing here? Um, and yeah, it's an interesting like thing looking back on it. Um, because there was like a lot of moments we had where we had to like put our hand foot in the sand. Like, man, we could either be like, we can be angry. Yeah. Cause it, it wasn't something we saw coming or had any plans of or anything like that. We yeah. thought if anything, it, I was looking at heading the opposite direction. Cause some people in my department were like leaving. So there's step up opportunities. Yeah. Um, but instead it like happened the way it did. Um, and for me, yeah, I think that first initial thought, like, because I took about a week where I, like, intentionally didn't, like, look for things and just was, like, sit in it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of the thoughts is just, like, one, it's questioning God. Um, part of the reason when I quit my job to do an internship, like, a lot of that was I'd felt it on my heart for years to, like, apply. Yeah. So then I finally was like, all right, God, I'm going to, I'm done trying to, like, work my way through the world. I'm going to let you open doors for me. Um, and you put me in the positions where, and then I'll work that until you're done with me. And he opened the doors. So then when it felt like he just like slammed it shut randomly. Yeah. Um, was really, really hard. I think on me, my relationship with him of like, you do, do you even like care or am I just like some piece you can like move around whenever you want? Yeah. Um, and there's still like times you struggle, like I struggle with that. And like a lot of my identity, as I said, like, I'm like, he's like, man, what is my worth to you? Like how do you how do you visualize me and like those are the moments when that like that rears its head and that identity issue of like man you don't even know you just set the world in motion and you care for a lot of my struggle of life when I was away from God was like you care about the Pauls and the Peters and these guys that are special moving your kingdom and the rest of us were just you like that we got saved but you don't really know anything about us or care yeah. 
you care about the special ones and I've never been considered a special one in my life. So I was like, cool. I'm that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so why would you care about me? So like those thoughts always come back, but yeah, that was really tough and more credit to my wife. Cause she went back to work like the next day and like worked the next day worked. I don't think she missed a day cause of it, which takes an insane amount of strength that, I think she's on some levels. I didn't, I mean, I always knew she was strong, but like there's a realization like, Oh dang, you're like, you like another level of strength. And I think a lot of people complimented her on that. And even us on that. Cause we didn't waver a lot because yeah. it's easy to waver. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough cause we felt called to stay and like abide. And there's only been two times in my life where I've been called to like, when punched in the face is to abide. And one was when Hallie dumped me the first time. I remember leaving and going like, he was just like, I need you to abide and like sit and just wait, mm-hmm. which is the hardest, hardest thing, thing in the world to do. Um, especially cause there's no time limit. It doesn't never looks how you think it is. And I know a lot of people get like friends and like, Oh, I heard God tell me to wait. And I'm like, I did all the mistakes you do in that scenario. Um, and nothing that I did will help you get out of it. L- purely the Lord made highlight for me, and it was just waiting till the timing was right on his plan mm-hmm. for us to be at the right spot. Um, but in no way was, like, I manipulated the situation to make it work. Mm-hmm. Very easily could have sat in it for four months and then never dated her and never done anything again. But the Lord was just telling me, he's like, I need you to listen. And I don't know how that works with, like, my story with Red Rocks and, like, that we were told to abide still and sit. And so who knows? Yeah. And who knows what that looks like and what that ends up being. But yeah, I think there's times looking back in my life, the unemployment part, I was unemployed right out of college for like six months. Like you apply for 500 some odd jobs and got like three responses. Yeah. Which is just like great for your self esteem. Yeah. Very discouraging. So uh, looking back again, this time now that I'm like working again and like, man, I had a better attitude because I'd been through it a little bit. Um, but yeah, sorry, long tangent, get back to the point. Like the provision point is like the biggest piece as a man, I think sitting there was going like, I'm not bringing any, like, I don't bring value to our marriage right now. Is that like yeah. thought that you have? Yeah. Because like I can't, we can't, you know, do this thing to the house because we don't have any money coming in. We can't, we can't go out to eat because we don't like we gotta yeah. go like Chick Fil A instead of something else. Um, so I think the Lord is like working on that, and the way you said it is like the Lord will provide it when He provides it. Um, and He has like for the most part, me and Hallie have like been very blessed, and just like the doors He's opened for for him to provide and like windfalls almost where we're like, Oh, this is random, but it just made us enough money to survive, you know? Um, but yeah, provisions tough as a man. Cause even now I think she makes more than me technically, but it's whatever it's which fine in the real world, 21st century, who cares? Yeah. But that point of provision is like, no, my provision is the house that I build with you. The example that you're going to set for your children, the example that you set, like, I think the cool part of, of what, um, Jess and I are realizing is like, yeah, we've been married two and a half years, but we have a lot of friends who are now entering into that, like engagement season and marriage season. And like, you've been through some stuff in the coming up on two years, uh, year and a half. And that doesn't discount it doesn't discredit the your ability to speak into future marriages yeah. on what and like that's what you are like leading with that's what you as a husband you are providing that um to not only your wife but like generationally you're setting yeah. an example and like dude I get that so hard like I used to when you said like um what am I providing like Jess would go to work and she at one point was like, you're not allowed on LinkedIn, like get off. Like you, you spend the time. If you're going to be at home, 
She, she was like, I want you to read. I want you to rest. I want you to recover from this internship. I want you to like spend some time with you and God. Get off LinkedIn. LinkedIn. In kinder ways, but like kinder ways. Yeah, but yeah. that's essentially what she said. Uh, that's how I took it. It's scolding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. But, uh, but she would come home and I would be like, the house would be like immaculate. I'm like, did you see what I did? I did the dishwasher. I cleaned the table. Yeah. I cleaned the, the counters and I did the, the, the clothes and I took all the clothes off the hangers put them back on the hangers in the way that you want them. And then like, did you see what I have? I have value. I'm doing this for yeah, you. Exactly. And like, and that like, it taught me such a thing in marriage of like, yeah, I mean, there's equal shares of like responsibilities when it comes to house chores, but like that stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> like, no. like what that she would come home and be tired from her day of work. And I would be tired from mentally beating the crap out of myself. Yeah. And that's not what she needed from me in those no. days. Like she needed me to be like prayed up, like like she yeah. had asked me to be. And like, uh, and it's just the shifting of like, and you said another thing where you were like, what did you say? You had talked about how you had gone through your unemployment and so before. And so this time it was different. And like, yeah. and, and I think that it's so cool and like good on you for recalling those moments. Yeah. Cause I feel like so often the Lord gives us these, like we ask him to like, Hey, will you uh, teach me to be more or make me more patient? Yeah. And then he puts us through these things a year and a half ago where we are stretched patience wise. Yeah. And then a year later, we're still not patient because we don't recall, like, yeah. like the amount of times that Jess and I like today, and I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn, but like, there's been like, financial like oh crap how are we gonna like what what happened there that commission check didn't come in as big as we thought that it was going to um and then it's like oh but remember when he literally like there was another story with this like we were laying in bed and we we needed to pay our car bills um our car loans and um didn't have the money for it and a girl messaged jess on instagram and was like, hey, you shared your story, what's going on with your husband and uh, three months ago from stage at Lakewood. And I've been praying through it. And um, I think tonight's the night that I finally decided, like, I'd love to give you guys a little gift. And earlier that night, uh, I had had a hard day and I was literally, I cried, I cry. Um, and she was like, God, would you just like give Mitch a little gift to remind you that, he, that you love him and that you see him? Mm-hmm. And we woke up to a Venmo uh, for a thousand dollars, um, from this girl that had heard a story three months ago. And the caption was just a little gift. Dang. That's cool. <laughs> and I was like, we have to be reminded of that. Like yeah, those are yeah, like, yeah. those are like, uh, Israelite little testimonies where they build the stones and yeah. like, Oh crap. I forgot that he did that. Why would he not do it again? Yeah, exactly. And you did that though. Like you, you used that in your, yeah. Because I I sit in stress. <laughs> you and I were talking earlier off mic about how like right now I feel like I am like that circus guy with the plates on the sticks yeah, and I'm just carrying a lot trying of to balance like five different things and if I one falls everything's gonna fall. Why am I doing that? <laughs> yeah, when you can like let it go. I can. Look uh, well, back that's at not. It. I think it's the hardest thing for humanity, right? Yeah. One of the funniest things that. It's not probably funny. I find it ironically <laughs> funny. But like God gave man like control of his space with the opportunity to choose to follow him. Yeah. With the opportunity of giving the control back. Yeah. But I think Agency. the natural inclination of everybody is like, well, I can protect myself. Like that's the human heart. It's like I can do it. I can provide. I can work and I can do these things. Um so like sometimes I was thinking this on the way over when we were talking like I was like, man, part of my testimony and things is like the difference between my life and say my brother's life, who's been very successful and had kind of things just happen for him when they needed to. Um, from an outside looking into his life, I'm like, man, you've never had any tough times. That's probably not the truth. He probably has a lot of things going on, but I'm like, man, what a, I wonder if God gave me the life that I've had with a lot of ups and downs and rejections and things like that for, cause he knew if I had an upward trajectory of life, I would never see a need for him. Mm. Um, yeah. and not that he needs to manipulate it in a way that I have a need for him. But I think there's a portion of um, my heart and the way, because like I notice the times when I'm the most angry, most frustrated, less trusting of God is when I'm trying to like hold on to everything so tightly yeah. um, instead of letting it go. Um, 
and yeah, setting a foundation for my family is like, I would rather have a household that isn't so concerned about what we can accomplish versus man, look what God's doing. And we just are living. We can yeah. be part of that. And it's much more freedom. So like, that's a lot of my, I think this time around, um, cause the first time was like pure control. It was like probably the lowest part of my life. I wasn't, I was coming back to God a little bit, but mm-hmm. I was so empty inside all the time. And part of it was yeah, like, I needed someone to approve of what I had done. Huh. But yeah, that's, I'm, I'm re- I read Daniel is my baby woke up very early this morning. <laughs> um, and then she decided she wanted to go back to sleep. But at this point I am wide awake. So yeah. I went downstairs and I was reading Daniel and reading about Nebuchadnezzar and how, and this loosely tied, well, this is just what I thought of when you were talking about like control and building this, like this necessity, for, like God having to build an, Nebuchadnezzar built this massive, it said that like he had this dream of how the tree grew up to into the sky and, and was the breadth of the entire world and like talking about his reach and his influence and, um, God and, and over and over again, God shows him, uh, like by Daniel interpreting dreams and Daniel and all the Meshach, Abednego and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Meshach, Radshak, Radshak, uh, Tales. Um, but uh, like going in the fire and then like him interpreting another thing and over and over again, he's like, God is, I am. And then he comes and his humanity is like, look at all these things that I've done. Everybody yeah. worship me. Yeah. And, and so it's not, I don't think it's God manipulating it. I think it's a, our humanity being like, yeah, yeah, but look what I did. Look at this yeah. job that I got. Look at this. Uh, look at this house that I bought my wife. Yeah. Like, um, what's well, the what, how hard is a rich man able to go to heaven? Because you accomplish a lot, right? Yeah. So you have a dependency on like, look at what I'm able to accomplish. But I think, especially if you don't have it in the poor times, the ones that like, I was thinking I thought that was like weird because I'm like I know rich people that are like super faith filled, but most of them are faith filled with nothing. Yeah. And now they have a lot, so they're just still faith-filled because yeah. it's all like, I didn't do it. God just opened doors, and that's how we got there. Yeah. It's, there's, and I and I hesitate when I pray. Like, I don't ever pray for it. But we've talked about this, I think, a couple of times on this podcast where I'm like, I miss when I didn't have a job because that's the most intimate that I've ever been with yeah. God. The desperation. That, the, that's the desperate. Like, why is it that we need desperation? Why can't I on the mountaintop be desperate? Yeah. And like, why can't when bills are no longer being scraped together, but they're like auto pay that I can't be like, God, where are you? I need you. Yeah. Like I miss that. And I never want to, I, I never want to pray that I'm back in that situation, but like, I pray that I'm able to have that desperation without the need for that desperation. Like to, to like crave intimacy. Yeah, that's something I've always found fascinating about David is like, I mean, there were several times in his life when he was desperate. So the intimacy, like in the Psalms, you see it, but there was also several times he wrote those Psalms when he was a king, right? Yeah. And that level of like intimacy was still there. So yeah, for me, I think, because there's times, even the last time, like getting like, I was like, man, there was, I wasn't as intimate with God. And then you fire me and I like, you brought me back like to an intimacy with you because I had to depend on you. Um. But yeah, that's the toughest. I think that's one of the toughest questions you always, like people ask. Is like, yeah, it's really easy, and when you have nothing to be like, God, I need help. Like, I need help. Yeah, it's easy when you're hurting to need a doctor, but it's hard to like when you're fully healthy to schedule. Like, I have a hard time scheduling my physical every year. I'm like, why? I don't. Well, I feel fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like scheduling dentist cleanings right, or like, going right, to counseling. Right, yeah. Like, but if my tooth hurts, I'm freaking trying to get into dentist because I need something fixed. Yeah, dang, that's a good analogy. Um, I like that. It's a good teaching moment. We could, which transition i put that word teaching moment in there on purpose yeah. <laughs> um so uh one thing that i think that is so cool uh we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony uh the blood of the lamb is jesus uh the word of our testimony then is our weapon like we overcome with it and so i want to weaponize this last season that you've been walking through in a way that like huh. there's other guys right now who are listening to this who might be unemployed or they might be unemployed in a week or um or they just got hired, but they're still dealing with the shame of how they've been unemployed for six months. Yeah. Um, do you have like a tool or something that you have learned in the last, cause you've been, this, this was within the last year. It was, uh, but yeah. it was, it was, I mean, so it's fresh in, 
in terms of like the big picture, but you've, you've, you're, you're a little bit out of it now. Yeah. Um, do you have a tool or something that you've picked up that got you through it that you could pass along that might be, um, the weapon or the instrument that helps somebody get onto the next day? Yeah. Um, there's a couple, there's things that like I've had to learn how to do in my life. Um, I talk about it a lot, but like worth is like a big thing for me. Um, that's the, the crux of a lot of my faith comes down to like my value and worth. So obviously unemployment is can cut that up and like bring it into like yeah. a huge thing. Um, but one of the, like I've, I've never heard God audibly. Um, for those of you that have good, good for you. Great. Yeah. That's so fun for you. I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. You're not yeah, making me no, stumble or covet cool, my neighbor. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But he usually speaks to me in like imagery or, um, there was only like one, one time besides like some of the abiding, um, comments where I felt like it was like a physical word that he gave me. It's like, just sit. Um, and one of them was on like a youth retreat way back. I think I was unemployed or no, maybe I just started working or I was in grad school or something. Cause I decided to go back to grad school after I couldn't get a job. So cause more debt's the answer. <laughs> um, but he like, I felt like I was just like praying, like asking, I was like, what do you want to teach me? And I think he just was saying like, I love you. Um, and I was like, sure. Okay. But like, repetitively almost. Um, so for me, and then again, like I'm proud of you is like another one that I feel like he says to me in like times and like repetitively. Um, and I think it was Ronnie or someone gave a message recently of like the love of Jesus and like the love of God and how they like look at you. Maybe it was Sean. Sean does that a lot too. But um, so now my biggest weapon in times when I feel like I don't, whether you do it in a mirror or not, I try to like picture like, how God's position is towards me and then try to correct it. Um, cause the way he looks at you, I imagine him like sitting like almost on his knees, like begging me to like, look at me, like, look, hmm. look at him yeah. just so he can tell me that he's proud of me, hmm. like with eye contact and like looking at it. Cause I remember those words haven't been spoken over me a lot in my life. Um, yeah. so like I remember the times when someone like genuinely meant it and like how it felt. Um, so I think for a lot that is the practice I go to, like when I'm like, Damn, I'm freaking worse, and I have to like sit there and be like, no, like Jesus already paid for all the crap I've done, even if it was two minutes ago. He already did that, so like yeah. I don't, I can look you in the face and let like allow you to say you're proud of me, even if I don't feel like I've done anything worth it. Hmm. Um, and especially when you value doesn't feel that way, like it's nice to have that protection of like. No, but God's proud of me. I don't have to do anything for you to be proud of me. You're proud of me. I don't have to have a job that makes six figures and have this amazing house with like an amazing family. Like I can be unemployed and sit on my couch and play video games and feel like a freaking high school loser all over again. <laughs> and he will like look at me and be like, no, you do. You don't understand. You are worth everything. How proud I am of you mm-hmm. just because of like who you are. And like who I, I made you like any piece of art you've ever made. There's a part of you that's like, but I made it. I can say that's ugly. You cannot say that. That's yeah, ugly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like no, nothing you've ever done. Like think of it for like kids. I don't have, I'm not a father or anything like that, but I think I can equate to like this for like your, like if Benny ever once like said something where she was like, no, I'm the worst. Like I think about it with like youth kids. Like when I volunteer in kitchen, I'm like, no, whoa, yeah. no, not allowed to say that. Like, yeah. The only person that's allowed to say that, like you as your father, like at times you're like, I mean, you need to fix that. But like, I'm not like you were never going to let her say that. No. Anything about herself in that way. So how much more is a perfect father who's like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I know you screwed up, but I covered that. I love you. I'm proud of you. Like, keep going. So I think for me in moments of like feeling that invalidation, especially when it comes to your job and employment and like provision, is like sitting there and like practicing that of like, all right, I'm sitting in front of God who's like not standing arms crossed. Like, cause lots of times I think he's like, he's just kind of like, Oh yeah, you're here too. It's fine. But like, he's like, no, like everyone else, like you can picture in a room full of people, but he's like ignoring everybody else. And like purely just like, I need you to know almost like the woman. I think of the woman who touches his robe, like he's in a massive crowd and he stops in part, not because the woman needed to be healed, but in part because she needed to be restored um, at a different level, not just physically, but, like, with him. Yeah. So he had to, like, get down, and she was, like, I imagine her still kind of being crawling because she just, like, crawled away. 
And he like literally crawls down and like looks her right in the eye and being like, you're forgiven, like go. Hmm. Um, and like that intimacy. And I think somebody said it too, is like, what do you think she talked about more? Was like, yeah, the healing's a huge thing, but I bet you she remembers Jesus's face a heck of a lot more than she remembers touching his robe. Hmm. Oh, gosh, I got married. Now I cry all the time. <laughs> That's not true. My wife says I don't cry enough. It took me like six months, but now I feel like I'm on a monthly cycle. <laughs> That's I Ugh. relate to that with uh, with the crying. That's that's real. I'm trying not to tear up as I'm talking. I feel like pretty constantly at this point. But, yeah. um, dude, that's really good. I think the hardest part in those moments for me is letting. Like you said the word letting. Yeah. Like receiving compliments is so freaking hard. Yeah. Um, from... And my wife is so good at it. Uh, she's not ever receiving compliments, like giving like words to me. Like I need to be better because she's constantly like, "You're so handsome. Like you're yeah. such a good dad. You're so like." I'll walk downstairs. She goes, "Look, ooh, like look at like what you're wearing." Yeah. And, I, and I'm and in those moments, she, like, and I'm sure she knows this, and so that's why she says it. But like, yeah. I had just stood in the mirror and been like, "F you. You yeah. look like you." Yeah. suck <laughs> like and i walk downstairs defeated and she's immediately combating that but like in those moments i'm like please don't talk please just let me be yeah. and like like how much more does god see your heart of like this feeling of defeat and he can speak like it like exactly like syllable yeah. for syllable into what you need to hear yeah but we just sometimes don't want to hear it yeah, for me, it's it's never the first time. Like, I feel like the times he said, like, I'm proud of you, I love you, I'm like, sure, whatever, is my natural response for, like, yeah. probably the same for you. Is like, oh, thanks, that's nice. Like, I'm good at accepting it publicly, but deep down, I'm like, oh, you yeah. know, whatever. You have to say that. You're yeah, my wife. You have to say that. Like, my wife's really good at saying she's proud. She's been saying that a lot, and, it like, it does change over time. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that with yeah. like, your wife. You're like, oh, yeah, I do. Like, yeah. I, like, and partly it started during the seasons. So, like, that was a big help, I think, too. was like, you know, I'm proud of you. Like, you're just for, like, who you are and, like, what you're yeah. doing. I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, I think it's restored a part of me. So, again, she's better than me about <laughs> everything. Um, but, yeah, like, that I'm not the first to listen. So, like, for me, the times when he was saying like, I love you was like five or six times before I was, I was like, yeah, cool. But what are you actually trying to tell me? And he's like, no, this is what you need to hear mm-hmm. before. Like, I think I always imagine like, like a little like rock hammer. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it? Shawshank Redemption where he digs the hole. Like, oh, dude, that's tink, my favorite movie. That tink, is the, tink, yeah. Like, but like that for years, like I imagine that's like, you're tearing the hole and like you're tearing down a wall. But you're doing it like a little tink at a time. Yeah. But you're doing it at the perfect weak spot that it like almost like Jericho. Like it'll fall down. You just gotta keep tinking. Yeah. So like sometimes like, yeah, I have to do that repetitively. Be like, all right, Jesus is proud of me, cool. And then like later I'm like, oh, I gotta do this again. Cause I'm like, obviously I didn't I didn't learn. Well yeah. the thing as I'm sitting here and you're talking about this like tinking and the it's it's a the world I you and I, I'll say me so that I don't clump you in and you can choose to Probably align. True. But like we see ourselves in such a way because we're measuring ourselves up against the standards of what we view as acceptable. Like like the like this, this framing that the world has created of like, you should be this and you should be that and you should be yeah. this. And we constantly submerge ourselves in this worldly ideal. And then how much time in comparison do we spend in with God. Yeah. And so constantly it feels like, like five steps forward, four steps back or yeah. Cause so like you're making one step forward, even though you're working really hard, like, like I work really hard at, at my self-worth and, at, and then I go out into the world and I, for some reason decide not to bring God with me and I yeah. mute my ears and I receive everything that the world says that I am. And all of this progress that I made is now feels like wiped away and then I go back to God and my quiet time which I get like how crazy is it that we a lot like oh this is my quiet time for 45 minutes today and then the rest of it is I'm gonna go yeah. do it like like yeah. and so yeah the incorporation of uh, yeah that and everything because yeah we a lot we're very good especially American culture I think it 
American Christian culture of like, you need to have quiet time, read your Bible. And those are good practices. But if that's all it is, it's like, it's like church. Church isn't something you do on Sundays for an hour and then you go live your week. Like yeah. church is just supposed to be gather, celebrate the stuff that God's doing outside the building and honor him in a moment with a bunch of other people in the community. But like, you're supposed to be God, like the rest of the week should be your God time. Yeah. And that's just the celebration moment and like an honoring moment. Yeah. But it's so hard to flip that in your brain because we're taught like, all right, I do this. And some of it's building disciplines. Discipline's hard to like do. Discipline in itself is hard. And it's one of those practices of like, man, Paul talks about, uh, I think it's Paul, uh, pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it Paul? Yeah, it is. I think. Yeah. People, okay. Well, so good. I one of the better at, guys than me <laughs> so. uh, for half of his life, uh, less than half of his life. But uh, I, uh, that's one of those things that I have to work really hard on because, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but like self-deprecating thoughts, like are it's way easy. It's way easy, and it's and it's especially when the floodgates are open. The enemy's like, you suck. You yeah. are ugly. You are fat. You suck. Yeah. Did I tell you that you suck? Like, yeah. by the way, you suck. And it's like, you sit in this, like, feels like a torrential downpour of, yeah. like, negativity. And so often it's, you try, we try to, like, wear it on our own. Yeah. And in the meantime, God's, like, standing there with an umbrella, like, yo, I, this is not what's, what reality, like, this might be the reality that you live in, but, like, it's not truth. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between reality and truth. I think yeah. people are like that's not my truth. Yeah. Different conversation. Different conversation. <laughs> but like truth is like you, there's not different truths because then that would defeat the. There's one. There's one truth. Yeah. What and you can't. I don't care. Um. Anyways, but um. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a practice that if I if I could put in something because, um, I wish I would have had this this tool when I was unemployed of like capturing thoughts. And it's something that you have to practice so freaking diligently of like, that's not something God would say. Yeah, it's tough. It's like on verge of impossible. Like for if you're listening yeah. to this, you're like, yeah, but you obviously don't get it. Or like you had a lighter version of what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think too, and like you said something where it's like easy to be at home and like feel that protection. I was thinking of the armor of God. It's like, well, okay, I put on the armor of God so I could go out in the world. But, like, you forget that part of that means, like, Jesus is walking with you. Like, I'm not going out there by myself. Because the way it is, the devil owns, like, the world, right? Yeah. Right now. The God Um, of this world. I mean, God created it and is in charge. But, like, he's currently manipulating just about every scenario in it. Yeah. To make you feel those thoughts. Mm -hmm. To, like, make you feel invalidated. Because that isn't the potential that God chose for you. Um. So that's like, yeah, you go out there and you just like are getting hit with everything because it's always going to be there. There's going to be pictures that make you feel bad about your body. There's going to be like someone who's better at something than you. And the first thought is like, well, that guy, instead of being like happy, like my hardest thing I have in my life is like celebrating other people's victories is the toughest thing for me because it makes me feel even more invalidated. Yeah. So like that has always been something I'm like, but I don't want to be someone who doesn't encourage. And I think my natural tendency is to be cynical when I... But I think my heart is meant to encourage. But I think I'm just protective mechanism is to be like, well, good for them. They're, you know, I wish I was like you. It's like, you're good at sports. Well, I wish I was six foot five too. <laughs> but um, yeah, but that like methodology of like, man, how do you incorporate God to be like pray without seizing? How to have like, there's people that do it really well. And the only times I've noticed it is instead of praying for myself at the end of my prayers before I start my day, to be like, man, put people in a way that I can be a light to you because then I feel like I'm inviting him along with me through the day. Yeah. And it allows me to be like, all right, cool. I'm driving and that person just cut me off. And I'm like, Oh cool. I just prayed to be a light. So like I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But so you don't flip them off underneath the window. You know, I do the lower window, lower window. I, I had a thumbs up because <laughs> that feels almost more degraded. <laughs> yeah. like, so, like, some, good for you. Some Every guy day. did that to me and Jess and I picked it up because a, She's a pastor, so and we a pastor in this town, so she can't just be yeah, like <laughs> the bird to, and, and then and then see the red rock sticker on the back of our car. But um, we just thumbs up people, and it. I almost would rather you flip me off than give me a thumbs up. 
Yeah, or like be like great. Like it's weird when you like do something and you know it, and then the person's like super gracious, and you're like, oh, <sighs> yeah. It's like when you compete. My favorite way of trash talking, because I just wasn't like, I knew my skill level well enough to be like, I'm not the best on the team, so at one point you will beat me up, <laughs> so I can't trash talk you because then I'm just gonna eat it. But my favorite thing to do is always, and Andrew Luck used to do this all the time too. He's like, get sacked, be like, okay, great tackle. Good job, yeah. good sack. And it's Have you like, listened to his mic dubs? Just, yeah, they're amazing. Just like, you can tell it almost makes them angrier because yeah. they want you to be mad that they made a good play in reality. I'm like, dude, that was a great take. You just, you're doing so yeah. good. You are really good at what you do. I wish <laughs> I was as good as you. I know. Because then when you turn around and make a good play, and then they're like, not as dang it. <laughs> but he's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be – those are the funnest kids to play against. Like, there, was, uh, there was a guy, his name was Jordan Scott. He played at uh, – at CU. No, Josh Scott. Jordan was his little brother. But Josh Scott played at CU in basketball. He's 6'11". I played him all through high school. And I was like you in basketball where it was like I was an athlete. I was a good – I was a yeah. D1 athlete. But I was 6'4". And I my job was to guard him. And, and so he was going to – I mean, he I did I was really good at defense. I liked defense. But, like, he is better than me at basketball. And so there were a couple kids in our league that all went D1 and I'm that I was in charge of guarding. And so – if I can get in your head, then yeah. I'm winning. And one of the kids, I would say stuff like, your hair is really stupid. Like, you have a stupid haircut. And he punched me in the face twice. We played him four <laughs> times over the course of two years, and I got him to punch me in the face twice. Josh, I one time said something. He, he turned around and goes, why would you say that? That wasn't very nice. And I'm just like, you're right. It wasn't. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. He's like this just gentle teddy bear. Yeah. Um but anyway, super side. That was way out that there. That was way out there. Um, if you, Josh, if you listen to this, I admire you. But you're not listening to this. So, um, hey, dude, yeah, I... Never know. What? Never know. You never know. Um, but we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, actually, we're probably with the intro and outro over an hour. And so I want to give you one last um, opportunity to, if there's something on your heart. If not, it's fine. But we, we prayed... Uh, Holy Spirit, include what you want to include. And so if there's anything else on your heart, uh, it doesn't have to be about unemployment. It can be like, hey, I just think that someone needs to hear this. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, just tie it up. It's always about worth. I like to think about, um, and it's a fascinating thought, but the way I remind myself that I'm worth it is that like, if nobody else existed on this world except for me, I am utterly convinced God would still send Jesus for me to murder him, put him on a cross hmm. for him to rise up again, just to save me. The one who just did it. Cause I think it's easy to separate yourself from the people that murder Jesus. Yeah. Um, but like, that's the value you have is like, God would have literally sent his son for me to kill him just to save the person who's literally killing him. Dang. I've never um, thought about that. So like that. And I, I'm convinced it would have been, I mean, he's got, he could have found another way probably, but I'm convinced that like, if that was what it took to save me, he would do it still because mm. that's how much I'm worth to him. So if you're listening to that, like understand like that's how much you're worth. Like that is your value Damn. is on the level of God sending his only son, not for the world, but for like you specifically to kill him. If mm. you were the only person here, he would do that to get you back to him. Whoa. I've never thought about that. And I think that that's a great way to end it. And so um, we're going to leave that there, leave you with something to think about. Because uh, that's that's just something that you got to chew on. Um, so, yeah. Isaac, dude, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks um, for having me on. Appreciate oh, my the gosh. Stuff, dude. Far, far too long it's been since um, I should have asked you a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, life got busy. Yeah. Um, but you dude, had a kid, you, you know? had a kid, which I, I need to get up to. Um, yeah. She's up there uh, <laughs> waiting for snuggles. Uh, but yeah, dude, I appreciate you a ton. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, and you've made it this far, cheers. Uh, this podcast is um, does not have a professional marketing team. I don't pay for ads. I don't do anything. So it grows by you sharing it and telling your friends about it and uh, your family. And so I I would take huge honor um, if you would share it and um, and give it to somebody who you think needs to hear what Isaac um, had to say today. Um, but until next time, cheers. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Over a Drink podcast. 
Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Over a Drink Podcast and on Twitter at over underscore a underscore drink. Reach out and send me a message. I'd also like to encourage you to visit our website at theoveradrinkpodcast.com and sign up for our email newsletter. We're working on weaponizing testimonies here on this podcast, and that isn't exclusive to those who are on the podcast. I'd love for you to send me an email at overadrinkpodcast at gmail.com with a written version of your testimony. I'll put it together in a blog format and then we send it out to everybody on that email list. And in an instant, your testimony will become a weapon. You never know what God is teaching you in your story that may affect somebody else's story. Finally, I want to invite you to join me in supporting this project. There will be a link in the episode notes to a platform called Buy Me a Coffee that will allow you to partner financially with the Over a Drink podcast on a monthly or one-time basis to help move the mission forward of reconfiguring societal norms of what a man should be. Keep an eye out for our next episode. Peace.